and what is up, Mr. Johnny FD, back in the building. What's up? What's, what's up, Riley? What's Good up? to talk to you again, man. It's been a while. Yeah. Yeah, it's been a while. Um, a lot has happened. Uh, holy shit, uh, there was a global pandemic happened. Like, what the fuck just happened? You know, I, I've been sitting out the whole thing, man. I've been in Sri Lanka yeah. for the last four months, just chilling. So, yeah, not, like none of this is affecting me. It's crazy. I know, I know. Um, it's it's an interesting time. Uh, I've just been chilling here in Bangkok. Uh, I decided to stick it out here. So here's my view here, just uh, Bangkok nice. City, kind of a central park right there, if you will. But uh, yeah, nice. just been just been here. Uh, chilling in, in my condo and you've been in, in Sri Lanka so we'll get into that in a second uh, you've also been doing uh, your whole new free dropshipping course so lots of videos on your YouTube yeah, channel yeah. so you've been very active on YouTube I've uh, obviously a subscriber so I've been seeing all your videos um, so we'll get into that um, <laughs> so uh, gosh where to start um, so Sri Lanka is this your is this your first time doing doing time there no it's my second year in a row so you know I've been traveling now for like 12 years right 2008 left the US left my corporate job and I hit 50 countries and I was like okay that's enough you know like what the next milestone would be like just check off like yeah I've been 100 countries and I was thinking it's like what's the point right because I wanted to go to the 50 best countries I actually want to go to. <laughs> I think anything after that, you kind of just go into places that you never heard of just to go, or just to say you've been there. So I decided, you know what, I'm gonna go back to all the places I really like. So instead of trying to check off a new country every year, or like, you know, three new countries a year, I just been saying, you know what, what's a place I, I went to that I want to just get to know a little bit deeper, a little bit better. You know, that's why I go back to Thailand every year. Uh, last year I went to Sri Lanka just for a month. And then I said, you know what, Maybe I'll, I'll come and spend a good two or three months and get to know it a little bit deeper, a little bit better, uh, improve my surfing. And yeah, here I am. Nice, nice. Uh, okay, yeah. So <clears throat> overall, in general, like uh, how would you describe Sri Lanka to like, you know, another digital nomad who like knows nothing about it? It's basically exactly like Bali was 15 or 20 years ago. I mean, it's, it's, it's a very similar island. Um, you know, jungles, beaches, surfing, you know, but the difference is way less tourists. And because of that, it's way more authentic. It's, it's less traveled. So, it, you know, it's not like, it's not as well known and places aren't built up to be super beautiful. Like places are just built for Sri Lankans or for, you know, the occasional tourists, but there's not like a Instagram booth in every restaurant you walk into or like, you know, like an Instagram swing at every single location. It's just like there are such beautiful places, but they're completely off the map and, and hidden. So, you know, like yesterday, I and the reason I'm so tan all the time, we're like we're, you know, I'm, I'm a half a block from the from the beach, and we walked. You know, we went to this one uh, surf point, and we walked. You know, for like what 25, 30 minutes on the beach, and we kind of crossed some rocks. We see a lagoon on the right. There's wild elephants there that you can see sometimes. And then we stumble upon this beach that was completely empty. Like for probably a mile, there was not a single person, not a single piece of trash. And I'm just like, man, this is probably what Bali looked like 20 years ago, you know, or 30 years ago before Ypres Love, before all this, you know, all the all the tourists hit it up. So that's why I like it. It's it's not as uh, done up yet. You know, there's st you can still get a smoothie bowl, but instead of having, you know, a hundred places that have smoothie bowls, you have, you know, one or two, you know, so you still have what you need, but it's just not as, um, it's not as touristy yet. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's so funny. Um, so that's awesome. I know exactly what you mean now. Um, yeah, you, you go to Chenggu and it's like, if you guys haven't been literally every place you can get a smoothie bowl, there's literally a hundred places, <laughs> a smoothie bowl, organic salad, um, so, okay, dope. Totally know what you mean. So, um, cost of living, I was just looking at your uh, income and re expense report. Uh, in May, it was like 800 bucks. And then last month, or no, maybe May, it was 500 bucks. And then April was like 850 bucks. Yeah, I'm spending Holy nothing shit. out here, man. It's cheap. I mean, wow. honestly, part of that is because of the, the COVID lockdown where they just 
discounted yeah. all the rooms because of the tourists. But even yeah. then, like even normally, it's it's pretty cheap. Like you won't spend more than like a thousand or twelve hundred bucks here. Nice, nice. Uh, what's been your overall takeaway um, for the Wi-Fi? Yeah, it's great. I mean, it's it's improved so much just in the last year. But even last year, what I figured out was the data is so cheap. It's fifty cents a gig. So if you buy, you know, let's say you, you know, let's say you go crazy, right? And you're like, you know what? I want to just upload 4K videos and not think about it. If you put 50 bucks on a on a SIM card, like you will never run out of it, right? But it's I like I don't even do that. I probably spend 20 bucks a month on my on my SIM card, and I just tether all the time. Uh, I'm on Wi-Fi now, but because the place I'm staying has really good Wi-Fi, but you know it's hit or miss right like it's it's not super developed yet but their 4g is strong so you know it's my advice to everyone is to put it you know put 20 bucks on a sim card and and don't worry don't think about it yep yeah and i would say that's in general what i've noticed uh, anywhere around the world you know once they set up the 4g infrastructure and it's there like 4g is 4g it's fucking fast like i was in kenya and they just had 4g going in some places and it's like yeah, you're out there, like in the middle of Kenya, 4G of blazing upload and download. So, well, a lot of countries uh, in third world, like developing countries, Sri Lanka, most of Africa, what they did was they completely skipped the landline. They skipped, you know, because people think Wi-Fi is, you know, wireless, right? It, it is, but you still have a, a cable going to your house, and then it's wireless for like those 20 feet, you know, within your house, but. 4G, they basically, they're like, well, why run wires to your house in the first place? Why not just put up a cell phone tower with 4G? So it, it's it's basically the, the new shit, right? <laughs> Where they just skipped it. They're like, you know what? Why, like, you know, why would we go back in time when we can just, you know, put on the, that new stuff? Yep. Uh, so if you guys haven't caught up, Johnny's been posting a lot on YouTube. Here's a screen of his, uh, his channel. You can see my screen, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, man. So, it's crazy. I put up 20 videos this month because I, I was basically just I had nothing to do. So yeah, yeah, yeah. I created an entire entire dropshipping series, but also just made a bunch of travel videos. It's been fun. Yeah, yeah. I saw you had this one video um, went viral with the 20k views. What do you know why that went viral? What? You know what's funny? I had no idea that I had 20k views. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was only and five days that, ago. You probably haven't checked. Yeah. And the funny thing about that is that's a that's a video I kind of just made on the the van ride from from uh, the south of Sri Lanka to the east coast, and I mean it's, honestly it's probably because there's like a, a cute girl in the video and it's me on the yeah, beach. Yeah, that, that's always a bump. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean that's 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 just like that sucks, right? Like you would think people would just watch stuff for content, but sometimes that thumbnail really matters. But I think also a lot of people are thinking about going to Aragon, I can't even say it still, Aguman Bay or Aragon Bay from the south because it's like this, um, it's the east coast. So most people never come here because it's a bit far. It's like a six-hour drive from um, where everything else is. And it's undeveloped. It's just like for hardcore surfers. But I'm glad I came. And I think a lot of people wanted to see what that journey was like. Nice. Um, yeah, yeah. Sometimes with these, you know, travel videos, as you know, it can be some weird keyword, you know, you, you appear on top, the top of search for some things. Um, all right, let's get into, um, one of your videos I wanted to go over. Oh yeah, this one. You have no idea what dropshipping <laughs> is. Um, so I guess, yeah, for people that are, that are listening, um, obviously your, uh, you've been doing dropshipping for a long time, I guess um what is uh yeah what is drop shipping <laughs> for people that don't yeah know. so i've been drop shipping since 2013 you know i've ran multiple stores now and the the hard part about drop shipping is you don't want to give your niche away to everyone because you just get people who copy your your store your ads and it just kind of dilutes everything so on one hand i understand why people don't understand what it is but there's you know there's information out there if you like take the time to actually learn it unfortunately i think it was in I don't know, maybe 2016 or 2017, what got super popular was AliExpress dropshipping, which isn't even what I do, but that just term just 
it just caught on because it's so much easier to do. It's like basically you don't have to call suppliers. You don't have to get approved to sell things. You don't have to become an authorized dealer. You basically just go on AliExpress.com, look for some cheap crap, put it onto a Shopify store, run some ads, and you're like, yeah, you know, I'm making money now. And it works, right? And I told people in the beginning, I was like, look, you know, this is a cash grab. Like, just like Teespring, just like a lot of these kind of fads, it'll work for a bit. It's not a real business. It's, it's going to go away, which is why I, I never got into it. But it, it, it kind of like, you know, I it basically I sat it out for like two years just seeing some people, you know, make a lot of sales. But I also knew that they were going to piss off their customers because things were taking, you know, three to six weeks to ship. You know, they were getting these like crappy, uh, cheap products from from AliExpress, even though, you know, their Instagram ads looked looked nice. And it unfortunately, that kind of uh, almost kind of get rich quick overnight business, if you want to call it that, took over the term dropshipping. The type of dropshipping that I learned from Anton is you become an authorized dealer for like legit brands in the U.S., and you sell products that people actually want, you know, and you don't mark it up 400%. You literally sell it for MSRP. You know, it's like if you can become an authorized dealer for Apple, you wouldn't sell the MacBook for, you know, $8,000. You would just sell it for whatever the normal price is that they can get it for at apple.com. You just become the dealer for it. You know, unfortunately, I can't get approved by Apple, so I can't dropship their products. But, you know, I do it for, you know, furniture and kind of other, other like less exciting things. Um, but yeah, I made that video because I saw this 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 ad no not ad this article uh, in Wired that had uh, Mike Vaselli uh, on the cover, and then they mentioned mentioned me in it. Uh, some guy who said that Johnny FD is to blame for all the digital nomads and um, and dropshippers going to to Bali. And the funny thing was, I was like, man, I I didn't even like Bali. <laughs> I told people I hated that place. And I told people not to do this type of drop shipping, but they did it anyways. So at the end of the day, it's like, I don't know, like, what, what, you know, what am I going to do, right? Yeah. Um, yeah, sometimes it's like, what well, can't please everyone, you know, as, as yeah. you know, as I know as well. Oh, yeah. Um, so, yeah, what I was going to say was, so that's why I made that video. It was really just out of frustration because I read that, you know, I read this, all the comments and I was like, man, like people don't even know what the freak drop shipping is. And then I thought about, I was like, you know what? Maybe they don't know because nobody actually explained it to them. And not everybody's going to take a $2,000 course to find out how to do it correctly. So that's why I made that video. And then after I made the video, I was like, you know what? Even though I explained it, a lot of people still aren't really going to get it because they're not going to take Anton's course. Even though it's a good course, you know, it's expensive, right? So I was like, you know what? Like, let me, you know, I got time, right? And I, I got, you know, I was basically under lockdown and I was quarantine in this freaking you know hotel and i was like you know what maybe this is the time you know i've been doing this for seven years i have a lot of knowledge in my head i never wanted to make a course to compete with anton i also honestly i don't want to hold everyone's hands because it's a lot of work right like if you if you sign up for paid course you kind of expect you know your handheld like you know someone someone that answer all your questions to me you know update the content make more videos all the time do like screen share walkthroughs it's a lot of work and i said you know what I'm not going to do that, but what I can do is I can just do a brain dump of everything that I've learned in the last, you know, seven years of doing this and I'll put it out there. And then if people want more info, they want screen shares, they want their handheld, they want private coaching calls, they can sign up for Anton's course. But if they just want kind of that big overview, you know, 30 minute videos, you know, it still ended up being like four and a half hours of content. So I really tried to, to give everyone everything they need, you know, to go from not having a store at all or not having any knowledge of dropshipping to creating a store, you know. And I think for a lot of people, it's enough. You know, they're like, you know what, they had, they're the type that they can do a little bit of research on their own. Maybe they have some experience running other businesses. Maybe they're just like smart people, right, where they can just kind of figure it out. And those people they're going to be able to basically learn dropshipping from zero to, you know, having a a successful store just by watching my free series on YouTube. And I was like, you know what, this is don't, this is what I can do to educate people on what legitimate long-term thinking dropshipping is, you know, even for people who can't afford a $2,000 course like Anton's. Awesome. Yeah. Um, cool. So yeah, we'll have a link in the description, uh, for that guys, if you're interested. Um, 
learning the high ticket dropshipping model. So whenever I talk about dropshipping, I always say there's low ticket, AKA AliExpress, and there's high ticket. That's the, the Anton slash Johnny method. And um, taking it back, I guess for people who don't know the, uh, the background is how I know Johnny is through the first ever um, Anton and Johnny dropship lifestyle retreat. And that was uh, October of 2014. So uh, that's kind of how it all got started. And um, what's something really cool, actually, uh, last year, Anton was on my podcast. Um, yeah, his his team actually like reached out to me and I got like a random semi random email to to uh, have him on my podcast. So I was like, all right, great. So, so yeah, Johnny and Anton are, are the two guys that got uh, Parker and I to come out to, to Chiang Mai initially. And, you know, that's always the beginning of my story when people ask me my story. It's like, yeah, I came to Johnny and Anton's conference in 2014 and uh, got into e-commerce and never went home, basically. Yeah. And, yeah. and I love hearing that. And, like, so to just to give everyone kind of a backstory on how that even started it was 2013 uh, i was i had my book 12 weeks in thailand you know this amazon kindle book selling for, for 9.99 and i was making like 200 bucks a month and i was like how do i sell more books started mark you know like reaching out to people networking and anton happened to be in town and i just like hit him up on facebook and i was like hey you know i see you're you know you have you're also into online business and for our work week uh you know you want to meet up you know dinner's on me and I didn't know him, you know, I like, I, I basically, I did this with, you know, 10 or 20 different, you know, and we weren't even called digital nomads back then, just like people who liked online business. And luckily in Thailand, I was cheap enough to treat people to, out to dinner. Uh, so I, you know, I just took him out. And that's when I learned about what dropshipping was. I found out he had a course. I was one of his first, you know, 20 students and we became friends. And he... I remember we were chilling somewhere, maybe in Colanta, and he was like, man, you know what? I wish, you know, I can introduce Highland to all my students because I think a lot of them are already location dependent. They just don't know it yet. You know, maybe they're afraid to come out to Thailand and make that move. So I said, you know what? Uh, you know, I used to help organize conferences back in the, in the U.S. You know, I'll help, I'll help you, you know, put this on. So that first year, I mean, it was never the Johnny and Anton conference. It was, you know, it was Anton's, you know, Dropship Lifestyle conference. I just happened to co-host it just as a friend. And it was good for me, too, because from that year on, I was like, you know what? This is actually pretty fun. You know, I'm not going to always, you know, co-host Anton's conference, but maybe I can do my own. And that's how the Nomad Summit really started. So, you know, we kind of basically split, you know, split the conference. You know, Anton has his Dropship Lifestyle Conference in different countries every year. You know, Mexico, uh, Lisbon is coming up. He had it in Bali. And then for me, the Nomad Summit, you know, for Digital Nomads, you know, that's been in Chiang Mai every year. Then we've now done it in, in uh, Mexico as well, Tbilisi, Georgia coming up. So, yeah, I mean, it's kind of like, you know, friends helping out friends, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, it's perfect. And obviously, I talk about the Nomad Summit every year. Uh, I always try to go back to it to, uh, you know, meet new friends uh, into digital marketing entrepreneurs and also reconnect with kind of the the OG Nomad crew. So I've been kind of using that as my uh, quasi uh, yearly meetup for all my subscribers and uh, and homies and stuff. Um, so, yeah, check out NomadSummit.com, guys, to uh, to learn about the next one. And, um, yeah, I guess I haven't heard the update on Tbilisi. Is there any update? It's hard to know, man, because the the whole travel restrictions where we, you know, pushed it back until August uh, 15th, that weekend of. And hopefully things open, open up by then. But it's like, I mean, we'll, we'll see, right? So it's, uh, it's, it's tricky for everyone. Um, and I mean, the worst thing that can happen is we spend all this money marketing it, putting down deposits for, for venues, ordering food, and then it gets canceled and you, you, you lose all that money, you know, and then, you know, you still want to refund people's tickets because they didn't go just to be nice. Right. But at the same time, it's like if you lose a bunch of money, then there's not really it's, it's kind of hard to do it again the next year. So, yeah, we'll, we'll see what happens. But luckily, I'm in a position where, you know, like, for example, I lost, I think, nine, like almost nine thousand dollars hosting the the Cancun Nomad Summit. 
you know, because at the end of the day, we didn't sell enough tickets. It was, it was the first year doing it in Mexico. And, but and I, I, I at first I was like, you know what, maybe, maybe this is it. Like, we're not going to do another one. But people loved it so much. Like, the, the connections you make, the people, you know, the, the friends that you see. And you're like, okay, you know what, let's, let's try to make it profitable next year. But it was still worth, you know, worth doing. Yeah. You know? Yeah, yeah, and uh, yeah, I, I hope you keep doing it, of course, because uh, as you as you know, people probably tell you, like me, you know, these conferences are, are are invaluable for giving people, you know, one the excuse to get outside their country and you know taste these different places just for a little t- for a little bit, and then number two to actually you know meet some real life uh, digital nomads like in person, like oh my god. Uh, okay you know like actually talking with them makes it more real and then number three like obviously you learn a ton from the from the talks um so uh so yeah uh evan's in tbilisi right now he's been he's been there um but uh um he's he's yes he says it's chill it's chill but obviously it's been locked down the whole time he went like right before corona um, yeah, it's hard because I mean the best parts about Tbilisi is like the bars and like the meetups and the, and the wine tastings and you know the restaurants and all that's been closed. So yeah, I don't think, yeah, we'll, we'll see. Um, so one thing I actually I wanted to talk about uh, on this episode was why I never got into Amazon FBA because I, I think a lot of people are probably probably wondering about that. So I th- I think I first really started hearing about it a lot in 2014. You know, I had some friends who got into it. I'm pretty sure that's the year it kind of just started to get big. I think that's when, um, you know, I don't remember the name of that course. Uh, uh, not DSL, ASM? Yeah, that's, you know, that, it was like a $10,000 course or something. But, mm. you know, that was like the first course on how to do it, or at least I had heard yeah. of. Yep, me too. And I had, I was really thinking, I was like, you know what? This this could be a, a great opportunity because Amazon's huge and it's growing. And the conversion rates were insane. So just so, you know, just give everyone kind of a, a, a background. If you have really any kind of e-commerce store or you're selling anything online, your conversion rate is usually around 1%. You know, so one out of 100 clicks to your website becomes a sale. And it's good enough, right? You can make money from it. You're pretty happy. If you can optimize it, maybe you can get 2%, maybe 3% if you're like a superstar. Amazon has like a 30% plus conversion rate, which is insane. And it's only because, you know, their their customer base is so loyal. You know, they're they're probably Prime uh, members, so they're they're literally paying <laughs> to shop there, and nobody really goes on Amazon unless they want to buy something. So I saw you know all these opportunities. I was like, you know, what? I could probably make a lot of money doing FBA if I got into it. And the only reason why I didn't was I didn't want to put all my eggs in one basket because I knew that. Amazon could at any time screw me, you know, like they can shut you down for any reason. They can decide to raise their, their prices. They can decide to create, you know, Amazon basics version of your product. There's so many like variables that were out of my control. And because I was already successful with dropshipping and I knew that if I continue this route, I'll continue making money. I was like, you know what? I know it's a gamble uh, not going with Amazon because maybe I'm missing a big, big opportunity, but what I was doing was working and I knew it was a long-term strategy. You know, as a lot of dropshippers, you know, chased the shiny shiny object and went to, to Amazon or went to Teespring or went to whatever, I would have the market kind of to myself, you know, or less competition. So it was a gamble. I, I knew that <coughs> on one hand, if I continued my path on, on job streaming, you know, I would make, you know, you know, decent money, um, you know, maybe like, you know, two to seven K a month in profit. If I sold a store, maybe I can get, you know, 60 K for it. So good money, but not, not, you know, not the potential of Amazon. Cause I, you know, I have some friends who did go to the Amazon route, you know, they had some crazy, you know, you know, crazy, you know, uh, months and they sold their stores for a lot of money, you know, hundreds of thousands of dollars but it was also a gamble where i think even they like every single person i know who sold their store their amazon stores they were like man i'm glad i got out because at any moment it could have been like you know we're shutting you down we're creating a you know an amazon brand of your product and there's nothing you could do about it so 
you know, in retrospect, yeah, I wish I would have gotten to FBA because, you know, Amazon ended up not screwing most of their, their you know, their, their FBA sellers. Um, but it was at the time, I was like five years ago, I was like, you know what, I'd rather go kind of that, that consistent route that I know was working for me than take the gamble of, you know, putting all my eggs in this one basket. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's the thing about life and about business as well. You know, business is just a microcosm of life. It's like, there's no one way to eat an Oreo. There's no one right path of life. There's no one business model. It's like whatever you choose, you know, a, a business model is a business model because it's a business model because it works because it makes money. So it's like people ask me this all the time and I'm sure you too. It's like, they're like, How, okay, I want to be a digital nomad. Um, it's like, okay, what business model do you want to do? And they're like, uh, I don't know. <laughs> so it's like, there's not one business model. So that's why I try to like tell people like choose, choose what resonates with you. Uh, you know, um, so there's, yeah, there's not, not one way to go. Everything, everything in life, same with business models have their pros and cons, you know, and, um, and, uh, we just, you know, everyone has their own life path and, you know, life is, you know, life is half random as they say. So you, you know, you became, you met Anton and that's how you learned that. And we started with drop shipping and, um, I guess why we pivoted to Amazon, uh, FBA, I can go, go into that. So we're at the conference and basically long story short, looking back it's so clear why we weren't uh making a profit with our stores number one we were doing zero facebook retargeting and number two we were doing zero email retargeting and so those are like two of the most important things you got to do in e-commerce uh so so looking back i'm like oh gosh we weren't doing any facebook retargeting and you know like in e-commerce they say a shopper, they gotta see you multiple times before they buy. Yeah. And so, looking back, it's like especially oh. these high ticket items. Yeah, you know, if exactly. you're selling something that, you know, I mean, if you're selling like a thirty dollar item, you know, it's a impulse buy, right? But if you're selling a six hundred or a six thousand dollar item, you gotta have those six touches, or they're probably not gonna take out the credit card that first time they, they go to your site. And what I really like about, you know, selling on Shopify, especially following Anton's method, is we're in control where we can pixel. The, the customer so we can follow them around Facebook, we can follow them around the web, we can get their email address, we own that customer, and then we can retarget them, we can we can remarket to them. With Amazon, you know, there are kind of ways around it, but like in general, you don't get the email address, you can't you can't cookie them, you know, like so you know, yeah, like it's you're you're right. Like it's both models work, both have the pros and cons. Um and I think a lot of I mean at the end of the day here here's the craziest part the craziest thing I've learned about online businesses, pretty much everything works. You know, like I think in the beginning, you know, for, at least for a while, people were like, yeah, nothing works. Like, there's, you know, like, I mean, you remember reading these posts, like online business doesn't work. Like working remotely doesn't work. You know, like no, like everybody's a scammer. I'm like, what are you guys talking about? Like you can literally sell pretty much anything online. You know, it's, maybe it's not the best business model. Maybe it's not, you know, a good personality, like personality fit, but I mean, I've met people, you know, pretty much in every industry now where they made it work. And I'm like, you know what? If they can do it, I, I probably could have done it as well. Yep. Yep, exactly. And you had that mindset. You just said it. And looking back, Parker and I also had that mindset as we were watching, you know, your channel. We're like, oh, if Johnny can do it, then we can do it too. So, like, you know, looking back, it's like, yeah, it, you know, in business and in life, it, it takes a certain amount of that inner confidence so that you believe you can do something that's kind of just like life 101 and some people have the confidence and some people don't so you know whatever whatever that's life um so um so yeah i, I guess at the conference we we there was a there was a speaker ben brandis who talked about fba and that's basically how we got started and then uh oh kai was doing it uh, already and then ocean got in to do it uh, right after and these were, these were, Ocean was like 18 or 19 at the time. And Kai was, he was like maybe like 23 or something like that. Um, and they got into FBA private labeling. And then Parker, Parker and I, we weren't profitable with our dropshipping stores because the reasons I just said, we pivoted into FBA and yeah, happened to, uh, happened to start working out. So yeah, everyone has their own, 
their own journey. Like at the end of the day, like I don't really care what business model it is. I just want to make money online and live my life, you know, and that's the first thing that ended up, you know, catching traction for us. So uh, at the end of the day, it's all about that passive income. Yeah. And one thing I really like about Anton and why I really respect him as a mentor is he didn't need to have an FBA guy at his dropshipping conference. If anything, that's like, you know, introducing someone to like a competitor almost. But Anton's all about, he's like, you know what, you're my student, you know, you pay for the course. I want you to have all the information on how to do it the best way and how to make the most amount of money. So every year, you know, in his members only, you know, meetups, he's like, all right, this is what's currently working now. You can either continue following this high ticket dropshipping route or you can pivot into the, you know, you can take the skills you've learned. Cause I'm sure even though, you know, you weren't profitable with your stores at the time, the skills you had learned from going through the process and making those sales probably taught you so much, you know, for the foundation to help you with, with FBA. Oh yeah. Thousand percent. Yeah. That's exactly what happened is we learned so like that was our first digital marketing product project, um, building our Shopify stores with the high ticket drop shipping and learned everything, SEO, graphic design, copywriting, you know, supplier negotiations, you know, accounting, starting an LLC. So yeah, that was our foundation. And we, when we pivoted to, to FBA, tried products there and, and it ended up ended up working um about traffic so you have this video called um paid versus free free traffic versus paid ads um yeah what's the kind of um summary breakdown of of that video like how do you get traffic to your uh website yeah so first off i can't believe that video only has 642 views so far because there's so much gold in that. Like, I think some of the comments people were like, <laughs> I literally wrote like, Johnny, your, your free uh, videos, your free course is better than most paid courses I've, I've been through. So I, I hope more people will see this. But uh, basically what I explained in there is even though free traffic is great, so SEO traffic, um, you know, uh, links from, from other sites, it's, it's a terrible way to get started because it takes forever. It takes a long time to start uh, you know, getting that free traffic and w- like, why would you spend a month, two months or three months getting free traffic to a product or a link that people don't, you don't even know if people want to buy or not. I mean, like, it's funny because there's, there's, on- there's only 600 views, but there's 47 uh, thumbs ups and zero thumbs down, even with all the haters I have out there. <laughs> but it's, uh, it's, it's great. Like it's, these are the kind of the tips that save people so much time. And I think people don't realize that Free doesn't mean free, as in, like, it, free traffic never means free traffic. You're spending your time, your energy, and you wasted opportunity to, you know, get free traffic when you could have just paid a little bit, you know, like, you know, maybe don't throw $1,000 on ads, but test it with something to see people even want to click your ad, number one. Second, is that, is that ad going to convert? Are people actually going to buy the product? And it's it's like... The, the month of your time or two months of your time or three months of your time, it's not free. Like that, that's opportunity loss. That's opportunity cost where you could have been making sales. You could have been making money. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the, the free method is basically in SEO and content, which means, um, you know, doing guest posts on other sites to get the backlink juice and writing high quality, um, you know, uh, articles to rank in Google to get that free traffic, which is you know organic traffic, which is when people search things, you'll pop up in in results on Google results, for example, for certain keywords, and then paid traffic being obviously you pay Google per click to boost you up for these certain keywords. It's just like I'll just pay Google, just bump me up in the rankings, just pay Google. You can totally do that, and also Facebook ads. Um, uh, slash Instagram ads, same. Um, so I guess for your uh, for your Shopify stores, what's the main uh, what's the main money maker of source of traffic? So in the beginning, it's Google product listing ads. So the actual display ads that show the the picture, the item, the title, the cost, the shipping cost, maybe even the reviews. Because if someone clicks on that, it's they're pretty serious. They're like, they, they know the price, they know what it looks like. So if they're going to click on that ad, they're a shopper. And, you know, maybe we can get a one or two or 3% conversion rate from that. Um, but I would say that, in, especially in the beginning, by far is 
the the number one revenue generator, but the number one profit generator isn't isn't actually that. Like that's really just to get started. And I almost I tell people in the course, you know, the first month or two, don't even worry about you know trying to maximize profit. Just maximize sales. You know, don't lose money. You know, but don't worry about getting you know the craziest profit margins. Just start getting that data, and then what you do is then you're like, okay, now I know what sells. I know what what ads are working. I know what products people want to buy. That's when you go in and you're like, okay, can I add free traffic? Can I add cheaper uh, versions of traffic? Whether it's optimizing the, the Google ads or introducing things like Facebook retargeting, which is way cheaper, you know, or you know, getting uh, repeat customers, getting customers to share, you know, with their friends, uh, and then that that's what ends up getting super profitable. So instead of you spending, you know, forty dollars to convert uh, one lead into a, a sale. You know, maybe you're now you're spending half of that, or maybe you now you're you know getting that that referral for free, and that's when the profits really start kicking in. Nice, nice. Okay, okay. Mm, that's interesting. Giving, yeah, I'm trying. I have a uh, Shopify store up for uh, some of my best selling Amazon products now. So kind of going through that whole thing. How do I uh, get people to share and like set up a referral program, yeah. bonus program? So mm-hmm. yeah. And, and this is a, a big tip to all the FBA guys out there. Amazon is a gold mine right now, but as any gold mine in the world, it, it can run out, it can dry up, it can collapse. So get start start funneling some of that customer base into your own Shopify store, something that you actually own. Because right now you might be crushing Amazon, you might be making a lot of money, but if you're not building a brand. You're not funneling those customers into something that you actually own, whether it's an email list or your own Shopify store. One day, and it could be, you know, it could be five years from now, right? But it also could be five days from now. Amazon might come out with a change and just completely screw you. And if you don't, if you don't own any of those customers, you don't have your own sales channel. You're you're going to be left out to dry. And a good example of this is just you know a few weeks ago, Amazon decided to screw all their affiliates. You know, nobody thought that, right? Because for for you know f- last ten years, Amazon's been paying eight percent to their affiliates for for these big these categories, and people built entire businesses and sites around, you know, this eight percent commission. And then Amazon overnight, basically, they're like, okay, starting next week, we we were slashing the commissions from eight percent to two percent, and that just ruined someone's business, right? Like overnight. You know, imagine if you just bought an Amazon, uh, you know, a- affiliate blog that was making. You know 10k a month or something now you're making 2k a month right it's it's a huge difference you know that's eight thousand dollar loss every month now so same thing with fba right now amazon's you know treating guys you know everyone well what are you gonna do if amazon tomorrow is like all right we're doubling all of our fees we're doubling our commissions we're you know or we're introducing a amazon not even basics line did you know, did you know that amazon right now has hundreds of private label brands that they don't even nobody even knows about so it's not called amazon basics it might be called you know something you know like sunflower industries or something and they will they will basically look at your data like this is what sells this is what products people are buying you know this is how many clicks a day how much inventory we should order they have all your data if right now when you're a small fish they don't really care but as soon as you get big they're like okay thanks for the data thanks for testing it we're gonna come in we're just gonna take it over yep yeah, exactly. And and yeah, I tell people this all the time. And you know, for better or for worse, Amazon is a monster. And um and you know, we're we're in their we're in their house. We're playing their game. They are the boss. And um yeah, that Amazon affiliates thing, I was that that was saw that news and that was just disappointing. That was just not a good vibe by Amazon. And obviously the affiliates are are pissed and um actually one guy who I, I kind of know, kind of follows me. He's an Amazon affiliate. He came to join my my private label course. Uh, after that happened, he's like, "All right, now I got to start private private labeling. You know, building my own brands." Um, but uh, overall, with um, with you got to collect the emails. You got to get it's it's a mission to collect your emails and you know long term build your own website, build your own brand off of Amazon. You know, Amazon is just the starting point to uh, building a dope e-commerce brand. It's just a, a one way to get in. But long term, you wanna be getting your uh, your traffic balanced from Amazon and from your own website, getting your customer emails, owning that data. Uh, one way we do that, 
that's been working fairly well is uh, with product inserts. So we add a little insert. It's got a QR code there uh, on there, and it says, um, "Thanks for your order. Don't forget to scan this to uh, register your warranty." Uh, they scan that QR code with their phone, takes them to a ManyChat flow, confirms their email, gets added to the email list. Flow, flow, blow, uh, blah, blah, blah. Um, so, so yeah, there's that. A lot of Amazon sellers do that, but uh, but yeah, in general. Um, yeah, it's 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 uh, yeah. That's that's one of the cons of of Amazon for sure. Is you don't get their email, you don't get them to your to yeah. your email list. You don't you don't own that data. Yeah, and even though it's, it's, that's a you know a great way to get some of the the customers to, to register, you yeah. know if you calculate the conversion rate of how many people actually scan that QR code to yeah. register, it's it's you know it's still pretty low. Versus if someone buys it from your Shopify store you get 100% of those emails mm-hmm. because, you know, when they, when they check out, you know, they're going to put in their email <laughs> to get a confirmation. Yeah, it's your so site. You own that. It's your site, yeah. So, and you, you have their phone number, you have their address, like, they bought it from you. So, like, you can call them, you can email them, you can, you know, you can show up their door, <laughs> you know, like, it's, uh, yeah, but I, I agree, man. Like, right now, Amazon is it's the smart place to be right now. I don't know if it's going to be the smart place to be in six months from now or a year from now. So far, I've lost on the gamble. I, I honestly thought that Amazon would have screwed everyone earlier. You know, I thought that, you know, I was like, oh, you know, yeah, this will probably, you know, be good for a couple of years and Amazon's going to come in and, and get greedy. They haven't yet. So I actually I ended up lo- losing out on that gamble. But, you know, at the end of the day, I'm like, you know what, for the same amount of effort I put in, you know, because I've been traveling, you know, full time these last five years, and, you know, I'm not working 80 hours a week or anything. You know, I sold a couple of my stores for 60K. If it was an Amazon store, maybe I would have got 180k for it. You know, maybe you know, maybe it would have been double, maybe it would have been triple. So I did lose out on that. But and then day, I'm like, you know what? I made you know quarter million dollars from my my dropshipping stores. Maybe I would have made half a million from FBA, or maybe I would have made zero. So yeah, you know, yeah, it was a, it was a gamble, whatever. Yeah, it's like I'm so happy. It's like again, <laughs> in, in life, we all have our own journey. We we can look back and say woulda, coulda, shoulda, what if, what if, what if, but. Uh, yeah, it, at the end of the day, you know, passive income is is the best thing ever. You know, that's what we all want, and however we get there, it doesn't really matter. It's all about you know the four-hour work week, getting that income to take care of yourself, so you don't have to go to a job every day, so you can have the free time to focus on what you love doing, which is uh, for a lot of us, travel the world and experience living yeah, yeah. in uh, places all around the world. Yep. Frankly, the dog agrees as well. <laughs> dog <laughs> agrees. The barks in the background. Always yeah. dogs out here, and um, <clears throat> yeah. Uh, what was I gonna say? Uh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I mentioned earlier, but um, so what we've kind of done is taken our best sellers on Amazon and then put that into our uh, list that on our Shopify store and run ads to that and we're actually just starting to run ads run uh, Facebook and Instagram ads for that and it's uh, it's getting there it's only been about a, about a month or so um, but uh, but yeah and then oh yeah the whole thing about Amazon you know raising their raising their prices for sellers and that totally could happen you know right now they take an average of 30% if you're FBA but uh, yeah I guess there's nothing they could raise that. They could one day say, "Hey, we're taking fifty percent," you know, and um, they could they could do that if they want. And we just saw them do that with affiliates. So you know, all we I, I hope they don't obviously, but that's why you know I stress to every FBA seller maybe listening to this. It's like if you're not using that insert card thing, get on that. You know, my agency we have a template and set up for that. You can hire my Amazon marketing agency. Uh, which uh, me and Parker have going since uh, since late 2018. Um, do that, and there's also there's also some tools out there where you can like scrape um, customer data and get their emails, and then uh, retarget them on Facebook with it with an opt-in. There's like some methods like that. You guys can ask me about that if you're curious about that. Um, but yeah, you know, overall big picture um, is yeah another thing. That, that we've learned over COVID is the importance of diversifying income, which of course you're all about. 
So whether it's Amazon, whether it's dropshipping, whatever your source of income, I think a lot of us have gotten that extra kick in the butt during uh, during COVID. It's dang, I gotta open multiple sources of income because, um, you know, I was talking to to uh, Felipe in uh, in Chiang Mai. And I was there in January and February for the Nomad Summit. And he's like, yeah, man, I thought I had all my my incomes diversified, but it was, you know, my Shopify site, my Amazon traffic, and also um, like one other, but they were all physical product based. So they're all dependent on China. And so when Corona started to hit in February in China, that disrupted that income. He's like, oh crap, I'm all dependent on kind of one source. So obviously you're all about that. So I think I think big picture here is, you know, as an entrepreneur, these little e-commerce channels, this is just one stream of income. If you want to build wealth, you got to really diversify and you've obviously done that. And uh, if, if you guys want to read that on Johnny's blog, you can read all about that. But yeah, I guess what would you say that you've kind of uh, learned so far about that? Yeah, I mean, honestly, the, the best thing I've ever done was was create multiple sources of income. And honestly, it came out of a, a fearful place, right? Because I used to be broke and I never wanted to get broke again. So I was so scared of losing, you know, something, you know, one uh, income stream drying up or going ever going broke again. I created, I think it was like 14 streams of income. I, I, on my YouTube channel, I have a video about it where I just break it all down and I show, you know, screenshots and, uh, of all my dashboards. And it's crazy because I mean, it wasn't all at once, right? It was like every six months I would start something new and just add another stream. The downside of it is I think if I, for sure, if I had focused on any like one, two or three of those things, I would have made a lot more in each and I would have made a lot more overall. But it was, part of it was, it was exciting to try new things, right? You're like, oh yeah, you know, I heard about this Udemy thing. Let me try that. Oh, you know, I wonder if I publish another book on, on Amazon and how that would work. Oh yeah, I wonder if I, you know, you know, if I add this kind of random thing, like if that's gonna bring in some money, and every time you know you start making a couple hundred bucks or a thousand bucks, where you're like, man, you know, this is dope. This is a new stream of income that is completely separate than everything else. So I'm not dependent on anything. You know, it's almost kind of you know getting to that unfuckwittable state, and it's it's a nice feeling. Uh, I regret doing it to be honest a little bit because first it's a pain in the ass for my tax accountant to have like 14 different 1099 forms coming in all the time. But also, but mainly because it's a lot of things to keep track of. And I'm, I know I'm letting a lot of things slip by not focusing on it. Luckily, you guys can learn from, you know, what I've done. So you can say, okay, you know what? Johnny made all 14 of these work. Let me pick one or two of these and add that to my, my income streams, knowing it works. Uh, and then let me focus on that to, to maximize it. And it's almost ironic where... I've made my followers way more money than I've made personally, you know, on, and it's kind of a weird, you know, weird to say that because I mean, like for example, uh, I've made, I think about 30, was it 20 or 30 grand? I don't even remember from my Udemy courses, but one of my followers who I basically showed how to do it, she's making 10 K a month <laughs> from the same courses. So now she's made, you know, 200 grand. So she's made, 10 times as much from than I did from Udemy. I showed her the way I showed her like, and she was basically, she was like, yeah, thanks Johnny. Like you showed me exactly how to do it. Luckily I have 14 of these streams. So overall, you know, I've made enough money where I'm happy. Uh, but thinking back, I'm like, man, if I didn't spend all this time, like, sh you know, showing people how to do it, if I just focused on my own, I would have made way more money. But you know what? At the end of the day, like I'm happy, man. Like I've all, you know, I have enough money where I, it's I'm never stressed. I'm I'm doing what I love, you know. I'm I'm living in this amazing place here. Like literally the beach is like half a block away. I'm gonna go surf after this. You know, I'm sending my I've been sending my mom money every month for the last what, four years now straight. Paid I've been paying their property taxes, send her a G a month to kinda of help her retirement. I have everything I want. I have everything I need. You know, I've also learned that having more money doesn't actually make me any happier. You know, and I think having a nice buffer that that you know alleviates a lot of the stress because you know you don't want to ever get in a situation where you're broke and you know you can't pay rent. But once you get to a certain point and you got a couple grand coming in a month, you know from passive you know from passive income, and then you know you're still working, make another couple other grand. It's like you're good. You know, like what else is there? 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. At the end of the day, it's all about, uh, yeah, being happy. And, you know, Tim Ferriss in the four hour work week would say uh, excitement actually is happiness. You know, pursue what excites you. And um, for some, for a lot of us, that's traveling the world. That's being able to explore and just be free and just, um, you know, being free in your daily life, not being not having to work up wake up to an alarm clock every day, just waking up on your own time like we have been doing for years. And so just that little thing is just, you know, a lot of people's dream just to be able to be on their own schedule and, you know, not have that nine to five anymore. So, but yeah, that's a, that's a good way to to kind of wrap it up big picture. It's all about, you know, creating these uh, passive income streams so you can have that free time to pursue what excites you, what makes you happy. Yeah, I love it, man. Riley's been fun catching up. All of you guys, if you want, you know, if you want to see any of my content, just look for my YouTube channel. Just look for Johnny FD. The uh, I think all I, I think all the videos are up already, but it's dropshiplab.com. It's the free course. Want to check it out? And yeah, I hope to see you guys uh, somewhere in the world. Maybe at the next Nomad Summit. Maybe out here in Sri Lanka. Maybe in Thailand. You know, wherever you're at in the world. Yeah, yeah, I'm gonna be I'm gonna be staying tuned for sure. Uh, nomadsummit.com guys just sign up for the email list to stay tuned um, as always highly recommend if you're an aspiring digital nomad uh, or if you're even an existing digital nomad come out connect with hundreds of others uh, at the very least make tons of uh, digital nomad entrepreneur facebook friends and um, have an excuse to visit somewhere in the world <clears throat> awesome well johnny uh, i'll see you wherever it is in the world again and uh, thanks for being on again Cheers. Thanks for listening to the FBA Lifestyle Podcast. Don't forget to follow on all podcast platforms, YouTube, and Instagram. Ready to fast track your first or next FBA product? Ready to create a real product that leaves the competition in the dust? Then check out the 90-Day FBA Challenge a 12-week accelerator program with weekly coaching calls where we help you go from zero idea what to sell to a product live on Amazon within 90 days and download the free Amazon Secrets ebook, FBA Lifestyle, the Amazon Experts. Start your FBA business. Achieve the freedom lifestyle.